0: Good evening. You are listening to the Fumble Rooski podcast by Power 88 Dean Radio and Secret Weapon Consulting. Hello, everybody. I'm Chris Kostic. Alongside me, Adam Wright and CJ Madero says we got a good lineup for you here as we'll be talking about the Pats getting their butts kicked 38 to 3. Worst loss in Bill Belichick's career. Texans beating the Steelers. CJ Stroud, potential offensive rookie of the year. Also be talking about our week four, top three, bottom three, as well as the Toilet Bowl. Broncos coming back to win 31-28 after being down 28-7 versus the Bears. And, of course, our Fumble Rooski fan box. And I'm going to be listing out you guys' suggestions of who was the MVP through the first four weeks of the 2023 season. Man, I guess we'll just start. we'll just start right into it pats cowboys not i'm i'm sick right now i don't know if anyone could tell i have the common cold i'm gonna blame this on the patriots making me sick right now uh but i also wanted to use this time to lead into the trivia for this week so seeing that this was the worst loss of bill belichick's head coaching career the 35 point loss adam and cj i was gonna have you guys try to guess The five previous times before that, basically. So.
1: That they were blown out?
0: Yeah, the five worst
2: losses prior to that. Wait a minute. Wait, is this loss with New England or just loss of his coaching career? Because if you're throwing BS from Cleveland at us, that's not fair. I tell you what. Well. To be fair, those were the Ravens. Oh, well, you know, back in the day.
0: Well, we're going with Belichick's coaching career, but the top five are all from the Patriots, anyways. So eh, I'll allow it. It doesn't really matter. So, your hints, I'm going to give you the years. Uh, a couple of these should be pretty easy uh, 2003,
2: 2022, 2020, 2020, and 2014. I uh, just had curiosity. Was that 2003 one against the Bills? Yep. Oh yeah, wait, wasn't that like week one where they got pile driven after letting Lawyer Malloy walk and then they won the Super Bowl? My dad always thirty me that one
0: Thirty-one nothing. Bills beat the Pats week one, like you said. The Pats let Lawyer Malloy go like the Tuesday of that week, I think it was. And then the Bills came back to New England week 17. And the Pats gave them their medicine right back 31-0 in that game too. But uh yeah, so there's that one. So that was the top one. So you guys still got four more?
2: Wait, what um, was the other year? We got
0: yeah, 2022, so. two from 2020, and one from 2014.
2: Jeez.
1: One from Ooh, two from 2014, that was week four against the, oh, the Chiefs. Kansas City Chiefs. Yep, That was the uh, tr- infamous Trent Dilfer, the Patriots aren't good anymore game. they're weak. went on to and, win Then we Browns. were on the
2: Cincinnati and everything was fine.
0: What a season.
1: Business what as usual, season. man. All
0: right, so there's two.
1: What was the score of that game though? Do you do you remember? Cuz I'm it was completely like blanking. 40, 40 something 40
2: to 17.
1: 41 to 41 to what now? 41 14?
2: 14. Yep. Jesus, eh. that was
1: bad. And one of those two touchdowns wasn't even Brady. That was that was Garoppolo. So they were thinking yeah. that Brady wouldn't even finish the season. That Garoppolo was going to take over.
2: Oh, hold on. I think I remember one of the 2021s. Was that the one against the Niners?
1: Yep, that was. Yeah, if I, remember I remember
2: we got. We got violated in that one. Peeved me. I, th- I think that was a
0: Sunday night game too. That was a mm-hmm. thirty-three to six whopping.
2: Yeah, I remember. There we were, we were pimp smacked a few times. Oh, the Rams gave us the business. Uh, Dolphins at one point gave. Oh wait, I feel like that was the year we lost thirty-eight nine to Buffalo though. It was or was that twenty twenty-one? Say that again. There was one year where we lost to Buffalo. Was that 2020? Where there was like something like 39 8, 38 9. Yeah. It was like 38, 30,
0: 38 30. 9, right on the button. That was the oh, day before my birthday, actually. December 28th, oh, 2020. That was a mm-hmm. great birthday present. So I got one more. This one is honestly kind of an easy one. Um, you said
2: 2013, was it? 2022.
1: 2020, oh, 20. oh yeah, no. Well, we got the other one, yeah. 2022. Oh, oh, was it the game against? Are we counting playoffs? Yes, we are. Oh, and yeah, yeah. It's the, it's... It's the division, the uh, wild card game against the bills. That was that was a real pork. Yeah, I, I was I was
0: happened. at that game with some of my buddies, and that was just
1: I do remember. You mentioned that you're like, I'm going to this game. And that was, I was so jealous until I wasn't. And I'm like, Oof. Yeah, hold over there, you're losing big. Must have been still a fun time, but
0: oh, yeah, I, I honestly didn't even care that it was negative 10 degrees. It went with, with the wind chill, it was negative 10 degrees, and I was so Jesus. bundled up. Like, you, the beer, the beer was literally just sl- beer slushies. I That's remember we bought. Sick, We bought a 12-pack or 24-pack of uh, the Sam Adams, like, uh, tailgating pack. And it's, like, all the football flavors, their limited edition, whatever. And I actually broke the bottle trying to open it up because of how cold it was.
1: And how was Bill's Mafia, the tailgate? Oh, that was fun. Did it live up to the hype?
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. It lived lived up to the hype. We saw two, three people go through tables. (laughs) Oh.
1: That's awesome. I wanna, I wanna witness that.
3: Um, yeah. There, I don't know how a, it would go
1: down as a visiting fan, but.
0: Well, the guy next to me was kind of being a a jerk. I was trying to be boys with him, even though he's a Bills fan. But like, there was a couple that was right in front of us that was really cool. They were talking about how they were there for the uh, the Bills comeback against the Oilers in 1992. I think it was. Oh, jeez whichever that whatever year that was when they were down 35 three or whatever the score was that is historic game um anyways we digress we'll we'll move away from trivia we'll just go right and go right back to what we started with cowboys and bears the pats 38 to 3 uh mac jones two picks less than 200 i think it was 150 something yards got pulled in the fourth quarter i was at restaurant with my girlfriend um in boston for this one and i didn't watch a single second of the second half watch prop like the first time that mac jones threw that ball across the middle of the field i kind of just knew it was gonna be a lot it was gonna be a long day the one before the pick you know that's that's just rookie mistakes but uh i'll leave it to
2: you too cj you want to start uh yeah sure if you're the Patriots, where do you even go? Because Mac Jones at this point is kind of an anomaly. When he's playing lights out, you don't win. When he's playing horrifically, you don't win. Like I don't get it. Also, if I recall correctly, I remember seeing something that of Mac Jones's three statistical best games, we're, we're one and two. In those games like and I, and I want to say we're either like two and three or one and four in like his top five best games. So even when he's playing well, we're not winning when when, when he's playing poorly, we're not winning. And it's just. I, I just I was shocked. There is just no life. And once again, we're looking at this is the same thing that happened last season. These stupid slip up, silly mistakes, continually shooting yourself in the foot. Teams aren't even beating New England. New England's beating themselves. And that's how it was. I mean, I remember watching that game against the Jets, and you could only eke 15 points out of that. I mean, granted, the Jets have a good defense, but good God, that's painful. And this comes on the heels of an offseason where you went out and you got Juju. You went out and you got Gasicki. And I mean, I'll grant you Juju's not a number one, but still it was something. I mean, granted it was reported that Bill Belichick had to be dragged kicking and screaming to make those moves because Kraft threatened him to make it, to at least show some signs of life in the offseason, Otherwise he'd be fired. But I don't know. As somebody who's a Mac apologist, I just don't know. And I'll grant you the Cowboys were good, but good enough to be like 35. That's just, and of course, I just want to point out all the Zappy fans need to sit down because Zappy was terrible as well. Didn't even have a completion percentage above fifty percent. He went four for nine. Let that sink in. And when I look at it, it's the question that I open with: Where do we go from here? Judon, he's hurt, tore his bicep. I heard out for a minimum six weeks. You're not going to be competitive. It's just you're mediocre. Shut him down. And I hate to say it, but we just need to shut Judon down for the rest of the year because why would you bring him back? The Patriots are just this frustrating amalgamation of not having the roster to compete but not being poor enough to outright tank. And honestly, I wouldn't be against tanking because if you really think Mac is a bust and you don't like your ROI – tank get Caleb Williams get Drake may get somebody or if you like him Mac you know tank and grab that Penn State offensive tackle Fashanu or get or hopefully Marvin Harrison Jr. but mm-hmm. this isn't sustainable and I know I've been going on but I just want to say one thing m- one thing more
1: you're running out of things for me to say
2: I <laughs> believe me you're forgiven but here's my big takeaway some blame has to be laid at Belichick's fee. And I know the old head Patriots are, you know, they're just, they're repulsed by this comment, but it's true. They'll say, oh, but Bill can only coach him so far. It's the players. It's the players' fault. Well, here's the thing about the players. Let me tell you who put this team together? Who's the GM? If, you, if Bill does not like the state of the roster, he has himself to blame. You did not do enough to address receiver. You did not do enough to address the offensive line. So, so yeah, this is your fault. And don't say that trading for Vidarian Lowe and Tyrone Wheatley count as moves. Signing Riley Reef, who so far has been injured, that's not a move yet. And Juju, that is not working out well. Gasicki's been okay what and I just I can't and then even still you could say well the other coaches aren't good once again who puts these other coaches on the roster and look you had me excited that we got Bill O'Brien back and now I don't know if you've heard but there is already whispers Bill O'Brien's on his way out at the end of this year he might go take a head coaching job at like Michigan or Michigan State or did you did any of you hear that
1: I actually have not have not heard that are you typing yeah. it right now?
2: Yeah, I am. I want to see. Yeah.
1: It's it's funny so, yeah, He's say. one
2: of like the big candidates for the Michigan State head coaching vacancy. So he could already be on his way out.
1: And I wouldn't blame him at this point.
2: Yeah. No, I wouldn't either. Yeah. You either go out, You, as Adam likes to say, spend through your face in free agency because you're going to have the first or second most cap space. You could have well over $85 million. Go out, get some players, make a blockbuster trade for a star receiver, or have a fire sale and tank. No more mediocrity. And if that means, you know, just stripping everything down, bringing in a new regime with probably led by Gerard Mayo, then so be it. But things can't continue. The fans know it, Kraft knows it, and he never tip his hand at it. But I think Bill knows it too.
1: Okay, finally my turn. All right. Here we go. Listen, um, I would like to look at this in a different angle, Um, not just on not just on the Patriots, but where we what will happen, what will become of Bill Belichick if they were to revoke him of his GM rights. CJ makes this point all the time. He's probably going to quit as a as a head coach out of spite, too. And he's going to and there's going to be no shortage of teams that will want him on their team. And that's another thing to look at, right? They can improve their team all they want. They could, sw- they could switch their regime, but Belichick is going to find a new home and you better hope it's not close to yours because if he is, if he go, if he gets his hands on Justin Herbert in that whole operation going down over in LA, holy crap, is that going to be a problem? And like, there's other spots he could go to. I mean what if what if the what if the Miami decides they want to move on from McDaniel and they go to they go to Bill Belichick? with that defense over there with that offensive operation I'm just saying like I Bill's time may be up here but if you give him a clean slate and some better talent then he's going to he's going to do pretty well because we saw how he how he was with Brady give him Justin Herbert give him Tua Give him name, the team that is, that has the quarterback, but no coaching. He'll turn that operation around in a second. So that's just one, that's just one way I wanted to look at it. Cause I've been thinking about it. I'm like, you know, when things are really good in new England with Belichick, it was great. So, you know, he loses his star quarterback. He's been struggling since then. If he goes to a new team with a with another star quarterback, things are going to be just as good as they were in New England. Jesus, let me let me scrap that for a second. Um not just as good because you're not going to win 6 Super Bowls with anybody, but it'll be still really good. You get Justin Herbert, you you may just win a Super Bowl or two. That's the point I just wanted to make. Because I don't think anybody... <laughs> CJ, you're also muted. That's just a point I wanted to make. Because everyone's talking about, well, Bill needs to be out. Okay. Well, what then? And then everyone talks about New England. What about Belichick? Do you think he's just going to retire? No, he wants the coaching record. And he also might want to take some Super Bowls with him. Just saying.
0: Yeah, especially since, you know, back in 07, Don Chula ripped the Patriots after Spygate happened. And... You know that Bill Belichick has that grudge against Don Schiller because of it, and he wants that coaching record more than anything now. But you know, it's you're at the point where you're looking at Belichick and his record without prior his record prior to getting to New England, and especially that first year in New England, uh, losing record, and his record without Brady hasn't really been great to say the least. And now you come into this year, you think it, you know, I, I didn't think that it was going to be a Super Bowl year by any means, but this was definitely supposed to be at the very least an improvement year. Yeah, And we thought, and through the first three weeks, we at least the first two weeks, we thought that we were going to get the old Mac back Mac at pretty solid week one. He granted the problem is he's kind of regressed since then. And we thought that since Bill O'Brien's in town, it's gonna to be a lot different. Gonna see a more explosive offense, gonna actually take some chances with how good of an offensive mind Bill O'Brien is, or used to be at this point. But it's we're we're now at the point where we kind of seem to be in the same problem as last year, where the coaching has Yeah, play calling, coaching has once again kind of just been thrown out the window. Not a lot of great play calls. We're not being aggressive enough on offense. And now on top of that, too, you got the defensive injuries to Judon. Judon's probably going to be out for the year. Gonzalez is probably going to be out for the year. You got bums like Miles Bryant having to cover CeeDee Lamb. Jonathan Jones is still out. You know, it's. It's starting to be that dumpster fire. And like you guys said, it's probably not, we're not going to see this team tank. Now, here's a question I want to pose to you guys. Depending on where this team is, come to the, the trade deadline, could we possibly see a move at the trade deadline potentially, depending on how the team's doing? If the team's still in a playoff spot, do we see the Pats make a move at the trade deadline? Or if it's just, mm-hmm. it's just clear we're not going to get anywhere. We start unloading.
1: The problem is this isn't the ml this isn't the MLB trade deadline where we you trade away your star players or even just average level starters and no. you can get you can get a king's ransom in in the NFL it's honestly quite the opposite where you trade your star player you might just get like a third or fourth round pick unless you're the unless you're the um you're the Bears who got two first round picks for Khalil Mack that was cool or that's Mar- what I mean though the, you got the that's Cowboys what I mean, who traded. You... So you, you want to give away, like, Judon? No, not necessarily,
0: but what I'm saying is you got a lot of these teams that have great picks. Maybe we see something at the depth. Jeez, maybe we do trade Judon. I'd rather us not trade
1: Judon. But that might be the man. only guy who fetches a first-round pick. That's my only problem.
0: Exactly. That's the only problem. And we're, we're already wasting first-round picks on defensive players when we could be using it potentially on, say, Marvin Harrison Jr., name that we just brought up, or another great receiver. We could have – Adam, you brought this up plenty of times. We could have used that pick on uh, Smith and uh, the Jigba. Can't say his name, but
1: – Yeah. Of
2: they course, if you drafted him, he would have gotten hurt, or he probably would have shut him down for the whole season, but, you know, it's yeah. whatever.
1: He already did get hurt, by the way. And also, yeah. he out, he's yeah. he's looking more and more like the worst wide receiver in that draft. Um, but he, he has time. He has time. I I still believe in him. But Jordan Addison, Zay Flowers, those are two wide receivers who have been doing really well. They could have gotten yeah. them. And there's some second and third round picks who they could have gotten too who are doing pretty well. Um, Puka Nakua as well. I don't – where was he drafted? Was he, was he drafted?
0: like? He was Good drafted, but like, yeah, I was about to say fourth or fifth. He <sighs> didn't play at all last year at
1: BYU because he had an injury. He's on pace to have an unbelievable year. Five hundred yards a quarter of the way through the season, you're halfway to a thousand yards. More than halfway is five hundred one. Holy! He's broken crap. all that's, of
0: he's he's broken that's all a, of a- a- Declan yeah.
1: Um. Notice how he's, some of the best and some of the biggest. Se- I'm sorry, Chris. Uh. Notice how some of the craziest seasons you have seen from a wide receiver have come from the same guy throwing to him. Starting to see a trend here. Just saying, yeah. Cooper Cup, Calvin Johnson, now Puka Nakua.
0: And it's crazy too because we're seeing Stafford as like a guy that's on the downslope right now, if we're considering like stat wise. But he's still, he's still getting it to playmakers. That's the thing, and that's sometimes all you got to do as a quarterback. If you can still get it to your guys, then you don't need to get rid of your thirty-five-year-old quarterback or or however old Matt Stafford is right now.
1: Yeah, his yards are still there, but the touchdown to interception ratio is a joke—three to five.
0: Yeah. That's, that's the only issue really. Yeah. He's, we are he's getting still producing. Topic, yeah. Uh, so we'll move on. Uh We'll take a quick break. When we come back, we'll talk about Texans and the Steelers here on the Fumble Rooski podcast. Welcome back to the Fumble Rooski podcast. Chris Kostich, Adam Wright, CJ Medeiros. As Texans, another upset this week, if we want to call it that. Uh, granted how bad the Steelers have been playing, but definitely not what anyone was expecting, to say the least. Texans just routing the Steelers 30-6. to uh, Kenny Pickett went down with an injury in the third quarter. Uh See how long he's out, maybe a week or so. But really, the story here is CJ Stroud. Man, he's he is something else right now. So, here's the here's a stat real quick before we really get into it CJ Stroud is now only the sixth player in NFL history to average 300 passing yards and have zero interceptions through the first four games of the season. The other five, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, Drew Brees. Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers,
1: so Some good company,
0: very, very good company. So I, I think it's safe to say that C.J. Stroud is definitely the top candidate for Offensive Rookie of the Year.
1: Yeah, I mean, listen, he he may very well be the favorite just based off um, the publicity that he is getting for turning around this Texans team, and honestly, they're looking a little bit like a competitive team right now. I don't know if we can it's too early to tell, but what I can tell you is I don't think Stroud should be the offensive rookie of the year and I'll tell you why. Bijan Robinson is low key having a better season. Bijan Robinson's having an incredible season. And yes, for a quarter for a rookie quarterback CJ Stroud, he's shattering records right now. But for just a quarterback in the league not quite as good as you might think. So yeah, I think CJ Stroud's going to be an incredible quarterback, but Bijan Robinson relative to the rest of the league is one of the best running backs right now. But I do really like Stroud. I love me some CJ Stroud right now. He'd be he'd make a great Patriot, I'll tell you that much.
0: He he'd make a great Patriot. I would agree with that. CJ, want
2: to talk about your cap count- your other CJ. Now, as you know, back during the draft, I was a CJ Stroud enthusiast. This is why. See, Adam's already looking at me. Like, no. Was I but was I not a big CJ Stroud enthusiast?
1: I just I'm I've just had it up to here with you and your draft day BS. The, I, did. Why don't, just, I was right. Golf clap golf clap. Do you want is this what you wanted CJ
2: a little bit yeah thank you thank you you're very generous now now here's the thing with CJ Stroud you know you, you just you gotta look at who the Texans have played thus far and I gotta admit I mean it's it's been good as far as CJ Stroud goes I mean let's really take a look at this. So you go out, you get smacked by the Ravens. Well, that was to be expected. Colts beat you. You know, but, but everyone knows the Colts have a better roster. But then you turn it around with a statement win over your division rival Jaguars, and then you turn around, and you put the hurt on Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, with an elite defense, and was and it was getting a lot of hype this offseason because oh no. Come hell or high water, Mike Tomlin will drag this team to above 500. Well, I'm not – I don't see it that way. And it's that C.J. Stroud, what's truly impressive, doesn't have a wide receiver one. You know that? I mean, really think about it. Nico Collins, I guess. I think he's probably been their best receiver, but when I say, uh, you know, Nico Collins – I mean, what? Are you just gonna say, oh yes, truly a wide receiver one? No, but he's their leading receiver at 428 receiving yards and three touchdowns. And it's the and then there's also the rookie tank Dell who has 267 yards and two touchdowns. Tight end Dalton Schultz only has 89 yards, but a touchdown, and wide receiver Robert Woods with 191 yards. These guys, like, he's just doing it with a bunch of like guys who aren't even Like some would say, especially with Nico Collins, he's like a low end number two. And yet he's on pace to have his best season ever. Can you imagine how dangerous CJ Stroud would be with a true number one? We've said this numerous times on the Fumble Rooski podcast that when you've got a young quarterback who's struggling, you give him a crutch and a wide receiver one. You know, Josh Allen sucked, but you know why he doesn't suck anymore? He has a crutch. Stefan Diggs. You know, Tua has Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. Jalen Hurts has A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. But here's the thing. C.J. Stroud out of the gate is playing well. So what happens if you give him a true wide receiver one? His game's just going to extend that much
1: farther. Let me ask you this, C.J. I'm sorry. How, were you f- still finishing with your point or?
2: I don't know. I was about to at that point was basically over. Yeah.
1: Okay um let me ask you this are you familiar with tank dell
2: no oh yeah i'm familiar with tank dell yeah he was uh, he's a second rounder so i mentioned him i believe yeah like i said tank dell 267 yards two touchdowns
1: 16 receptions 267 yards two touchdowns he's on pace for over 1100 yards almost 1200 yards um and nine touchdowns so I, uh, yes. If they have Maybe he wide receiver one, to a, he could develop into a wide
2: receiver one. Maybe, and then, well, unless you develop him, then yeah. But. Yeah.
1: So, like, what I'm saying, like, what if, what if this guy is their wide receiver one and they also, they also just found a, found a diamond in the rough wide receiver that who is now their clutch for CJ Stroud already.
2: Well, then it's a happy accident. And then, put it that way. Yeah. No, no, no that, that's fine. Now the Houston Texans are good. That's all that that's great. We've mentioned this. But I think we need to turn the cannons now on the Steelers. Yeah, that's Kenny what I was Pickett about is at. not that guy. This is just the undisputable fact. I was never, you know, very big on the Kenny Pickett hype, but he's been passable at best. The 60% completion percentage, 803 yards, four touchdowns, four picks. Overall pass rating of 76.3. And the Steelers' offense isn't that bad. I mean, you've got Najee Harris at running back. You've got plenty of weapons to throw to. Deontay Johnson, yeah, I know he got hurt. Give me a break. And you've also got George Pickens and Pat move, Especially since George Pickens could very well be, you know, a budding wide receiver one. Of course, maybe not with Kenny Pickett, but... I don't know. Pittsburgh just might be a quarterback away. And I just, I don't know. I'm not a Kenny Pickett fan. And and I just want to point out this offseason I mentioned when everyone was hyping up the Steelers, I said on paper, it looks fine. But in real life, they have a hindrance. And that hindrance name is offensive coordinator Matt Canada. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, you already know this, but I'm going to say it anyway. You will not do anything, and Pickett will not progress. Maybe he could be the guy. Could be wrong, but Kenny Pickett will not progress until you get rid of Matt Canada. And the worst part is, I don't think Mike Tomlin really wants to.
0: In fact, I think he's that sucks in, about the. Sorry, CJ, you can finish.
2: No, I was just saying. And what's worse is that he knows the fans want Canada gone. And he's not doing anything about it. In fact, have you seen him be asked about, if anything, he's kind of thumbing his nose at the fan saying, oh, well, too bad. And genuinely, no matter how bad the Pittsburgh offense is, I wouldn't be shocked if Matt Canada was back next year. But that's mm. just me.
0: That's the thing that sucks about the Steelers. You know, it's – you know, um, the Steelers hate change, especially – especially when you look at the Steelers historically, even like their head coaches, they've only been through three head coaches in the last 50 years. Chuck Knoll, Bill Cowher, Mike Tomlin, they, they're not a fan of change. And that's probably what's going to end up being the downfall is, and maybe in a godsend for Steelers fans, Matt Canada gets fired uh, halfway through the season, but, Probably won't happen, which sucks for them because since Matt Canada has taken over as the offensive coordinator back in 2020 or whenever he took over, they have yet to put up a 400 yard game as total as an offense. Oof. I
1: didn't realize every other every
0: other team in the league has done it at least three times.
1: Jesus. That makes Patricia look good, literally. Like, I I just can't
0: believe that he's still around. You you had three, four straight seasons where you don't put up over four hundred yards as a total offense, and you still have him around. What is this? What are we doing? What are you doing, Pittsburgh? It's it's basically the same thing as New England at this point. Swallow your pride and get rid of the man. Who cares if it if you're changing. stuff up just do it just do it your offense will if mike tomlin mike tomlin was calling the plays they would have a 400 yard game or at least come close to it i swear if mike tomlin was to take over play calling duties and they kick my matt cannon out tomorrow they will Who are, who are even the, they playing next week i don't even know where they're playing next week they're playing hold up I'm,
1: i'll find I'm it, it you. Right you can now. keep talking They're playing – okay, but – Next week, okay. They're playing the Ravens. Um, Ravens, yeah. That's – They probably won't put up 400 yards, but damn, the offense will
0: look so much better without Canada against the Ravens, especially with how beat up they are. It's unreal. It's unreal. And, you know, we can get into if Kenny Pickett's the guy. I've never – I'm with CJ. I've never really been a Pickett guy. But – Damn, man, it's it's like the same thing with Mac. You you gotta give him a chance with somebody, and Kenny Pickett's not gonna get a
1: fair chance unless they get rid of this guy. You know, I uh, that's my. Were you finished? Yeah. Um, I also wonder if, like, like two things can also be true at once, right? This is something that I that I used to say about Mac Jones and Matt Patricia. Like yes, Mac like Matt Patricia was a terrible terrible offensive coordinator, had no business doing it. But I also think we had a right to be skeptical about Mac Jones. And like look at what look at what look at what CJ Stroud right now is doing over in on the Texans. Not a very desirable situation. Their coaching might be a little better, but he's still making the most of the situation he's in. We know that we it really does look like he's the guy. With Mac Jones and Kenny Pickett in not favorable situations, they still look a little iffy. Like yes, they show some flashes in the same way that the Kirk Cousins and Dak Prescotts in the world show flashes. But does is that is that the end goal? Do we want those guys who are kind of middling, who are oh they're really really good with it when they have good talent, but in the not so desirable situations? I mean, we've seen we saw what Joe Burrow did in 2021 one of the worst offensive lines in all of football, and they still went to the Super Bowl. So he's the guy. The very next year, Patrick Mahomes, one of the worst wide receiving cores in all of football, won the Super Bowl, won league MVP, one Super Bowl MVP. We can clearly tell that he's the guy. So this is the thing about quarterbacks. They are guys who are, make the most of unfavorable situations because the, the it's not going. There's so many moving parts on an NFL roster. It's not always going to be perfect. There's going to be some weaknesses that you have to overcome. Not everything is going to be perfect. So I think that's something we need to look at with Pickett and Mac Jones. I do.
0: CJ, anything else to add? All right, we'll move on. We'll take a quick break when we come back. We will have our top three, bottom three for this past week, week four. You're on the Fumble Rooski podcast. Welcome back to the Fumble Rooski Podcast. Chris Costa, Adam Wright, CJ Maderos, as top three, bottom three for week four. We did top five, bottom five last week. I decided to shrink it down to just three, but we will have two honorable mentions, Adam and CJ. I'm just going to list these off. You guys say if you disagree, agree, add, keep, yada, yada. So we'll start with the top. Texans. Commanders, Ravens, Honorable Mentions, the Jets, and the Titans. What do you guys think?
1: Okay. Um, CJ, you go first.
2: I really like the addition of the Titans. I I really do. And a lot of people sometimes – You know, they tend to forget about the Titans. And I'm with that. I am. I'm not going to pretend that I don't understand why. But let's really look at this. Look who they just beat. The Bengals, who were they not supposed to be our Super Bowl champs this season? Was Joe Burrow not supposed to be our MVP this season? Yeah. Now, I don't know if that says more about how much of a train wreck the Bengals have been. But the Titans, they have some fight in them. And not just some fight, they pantsed the Bengals and made them walk across the field on national television. So, yeah, I just want to say great job batting the Titans. Very underrated performance. And uh, Derrick Henry's fantasy performance will
1: prove it. The Jets should be number one. Zach Wilson put the league on notice. And I think, you know this guy made a deal with the devil talk about a guy who just you expected one thing and you got another unbelievable the way he played and i and a lot of people argue that they would have beaten like they would have straight up beaten the chiefs if it weren't for a couple of calls that went another way right so i got to i got to put the i got to put the jets number 1 um i don't i like the ravens i'm never going to i'm never going to bash a team for beating a team that they should beat, but I'm also not going to credit you for it if that makes sense. So I think they should they should slide the Jets should slide in number one, Texans two, Commanders three. That's my that's my top three.
0: I will say when I made the list when I make these lists I kind of just do it at random. There's no specific order to them. Obviously it does seem that there's a specific order, but there really isn't. But so yeah, Houston. I thought that considering the win that they had last week, it was good follow-up, beat the crap out of the, uh, the Steelers. Washington, great bounce. Ba- Even though they lost no T, great bounce back week. Sam Howell had a really good week after a really bad performance against Buffalo. Baltimore, great bounce back week after losing overtime to the Colts. And to counterpoint what you said for the Ravens, I think that, sure, we – Probably could have expected them to beat the Browns, but they also beat the Browns handily for a team that has shown a pretty solid defense to say the least, in my opinion. Um, but I digress. Jets, I agree with everything you guys just said. Uh, the Titans, I agree with everything that CJ just said. Um, with that being said, for the bottom three, I got the Bears uh, for blowing the, that 28-7 to lead. Patriots. You're just talking about them. Uh, The Steelers for yeah, it's just the Steelers. Uh, The Bengals for losing to the Titans so badly and the Dolphins. I threw the Dolphins in here because Dolphins that should have been a game and they got their ass handed to them.
1: But that's just okay. Um, Bengals should be 100% on this list. I don't think they should be an honorable mention. You talk about a team that was supposed to win win the Super Bowl, win uh, your quarterback, win league MVP, your top wide receiver, win offensive Offensive player of the year, all of that. I mean, this team was supposed to light it up. And you got pants by the Titans and Ryan Tannehill. Holy crap. Like, that's, that's that deserves to be number one. And I'm sorry. Listen, I know the Bears blew the lead. They blew a lead but the fact that they had a big lead and that Justin Fields finally showed us a glimpse of what he was supposed to be this year, I think that does have some value for the Bears. I probably would have put them as an honorable mention.
0: Yeah, I think I did that as a typo by accident. So let me let me fix it up. So we'll, we'll do Bengals, Patriots, Steelers, and then the honorable mention Bears-Dolphins.
2: Yeah. You know something? The Dolphins are the only team that I feel – really any shred of confidence going forward because their offense did show signs of life, but plain and simple, they just got outclassed by your big brother in Buffalo. Then the Patriots, we all knew, I mean, no one expected them to win, but ugh. then there's Cincy. Like what's your excuse for winning? I mean, for losing, you don't have one. And then Pittsburgh, you all to Houston and you were favored to win. That's just embarrassing. overall, I would definitely call Cincy this week's biggest loser, and they're definitely bottom, especially of, like, play style last week. Another
0: mention I probably could throw in there would maybe be the Giants from last night's Monday night game. Um, I mean, the only reason why I didn't put the Giants on was it was kind of inevitable they were going to lose to the Seahawks because, A, you got Daniel Jones's – 04 record on Monday night. He only has one win in prime time. I think it's like one and 12 down in primetime games. And on top of that, the Seahawks sacked Daniel Jones 10 times. But, you know, they they didn't have Saquon. And the other problem was, too, they only had one extra lineman on the depth chart, basically. It's so their they're line. It's been the story since their Super Bowl win. The last Super Bowl win against the Pats was their O line. So that's, that would be another, I guess, honorable mention if we want to throw it in there. But that's my three and two for bottom.
1: I like it. There you go. It's a good list. Besides, you know, but I like it. Well, Whatever. It's a, it's a good list. I, I'm I'm sorry. I, no, that sounded very, very passive. Aggressive. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. We're all going to we're all going di- to agree and disagree on some things. I think the, I think Cincinnati is, is a good, is a good one at the top of the list. Chicago is a good on, honorable mention. It's a good one.
0: Yeah. So we'll take a, we'll take a quick break. Uh, when we come back, we'll talk about the, Broncos and the Bears game, the toilet bowl after this break. Welcome back to the Fumble Rooski podcast. Chris Kostich, Adam Wright, CJ Medeiros. Move on to Broncos and their comeback win over the Bears, 31-28. Bears were down 28-7 to in the third, and then were able to come back and win in overtime, 31-28. Um, Russell Wilson, I. Man, our, our guy, Brett Shaw's would be loving this right now. I think it's time for the Russell Wilson hate to kind of simmer down a little bit. Um, His stats, 21 for 28, 223 yards, three touchdowns, and no interceptions. He had a 133.5 QB or rating for the day as well. 75% completion percentage. We want to look at him in the entirety of the season, by all means. 67 percent completion percentage. He's cracked a thousand yards, nine touchdowns, two interceptions, and it kind of just seems like going to the Bears for a hot sec. It's it's just tank mode. I mean, Justin Fields still had a pretty solid day, but he the Bears really just had themselves a first half type of game, and then just fell apart in the second half.
1: Yeah, there there's definitely a lot of ways to look at this season for the Broncos, but for the Bears, I mean, this was re- this really really was demoralizing. Because you you had arguably your best half of football that you have had in almost a year and you didn't even win the game. You were up 28 to 7 and you blew it. Now, that being said, I think there is a very 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 straight forward path for this Bears team, they're projected to have the numbers 1 and 2 picks and your quarterback just balled out. So yeah, maybe he maybe Justin Fields isn't the guy. But if he can string some more starts like this together, you could fool another team into believing that this guy could do well somewhere else. Next thing you know, you get some maybe you don't get a first out of it, maybe a second or a third, maybe both, second and third. Then next thing you know, you have two seconds, two firsts, which happen to be the first and second uh d- picks in the draft, and you're in prime position for next offseason. And you can start over at the quarterback position with Caleb Williams.
0: CJ, before you go, I do want to throw these stat lines out, especially for Justin Fields. Serena have and I have been up Justin Fields' ass the last two weeks. Uh, 28 for 35, 335 yards, four touchdowns, an interception. DJ Moore, eight catches, 131 yards, and one touchdown.
2: So the thing with Justin Fields, I'm not buying it. This was a flash in the pan, a fluke, if you will. And And you have to remember, the Broncos statistically have one of the worst defenses in the league. So, I guess the real question is, am I supposed to be impressed by the fact you carved up the worst defense in the league? I mean, granted, that was a good game for fields, but until you're doing it consistently, I'm not convinced and I certainly don't care.
0: I definitely agree with
2: that. And the thing is with the Broncos, once again, wow, you got a win. Unfortunately, it was against the Bears and the Bears are terrible. So once again, like keep it up both sides. I just want to say bears, you had the lead. You choked. I'm not convinced about you, but if fields can keep it up, then maybe I'll be convinced. And you dropped something, I think.
0: Yeah. I accidentally just kind of just flipped my beats podcast off my desk.
2: Oh, believe me. I forgive you. Anyway. I just... I don't know. I'm, I'm not a big fan of Fields. And for the Broncos, once again, if you beat somebody who's not the Bears, then yeah. And I and I don't mean like a squeaker. I don't mean an ugly win. I mean a convincing win. Then yeah. Th- then sure, then you can have a seat at the grown-ups table. But until then, what did Kostich call it? He called it a toilet bowl, and rightfully so. I mean... You can't overreact to this. You really can't.
1: Yeah, it's kind of like two toddlers getting into a tickle fight. Like they may look good against each other, but it, when you sit when you sit at the at the adults' table, then the th- things are going to get real between them. But I do think I do think there's I think this I think the situation is more interesting with the Broncos because if they keep losing these games. Then what? What what where is the issue here? Their their defense on paper is really good. So where's the problem there?
0: There's your issue. The defense. It's Vance Joseph. Vance Joe. Sorry for cutting you off, but Vance Joseph is basically Mac Canada, but on the defensive side. You want to know why Todd Bowles? I you know what? Don't I'm not even gonna finish that question. I was gonna ask, you want to know why Todd Bowles still has a job? I couldn't tell you. I couldn't tell you why Todd Bowles still has a job. It's the same thing as Vance Joseph. They're not good coaches. Todd Bowles, granted, he's doing fine with Baker right now, and Baker's doing a great job with
1: Tampa Bay. But, but holy Christ, Tom Brady? Yeah.
0: he screwed up Tom Brady's last year. Vance Joseph is best remembered for the Spanish Monday Night Football reporter screwing up his introduction on his first Ever on his first game as an NFL head coach,
1: Jesus, call me uncultured, but is that was, the same guy? That is the same guy. No, and yeah, no, the that's same,
0: the
2: same guy. That's same true,
0: Vance Joseph, and that Broncos team was awful, awful.
2: And they let him be here, defensive coordinator. Just saying.
0: And here we are in 2023. Vance Joseph, the D coordinator, the same Vance Joseph that gave up 70 points last week to the Dolphins. The same Vance Joseph that allowed the Chicago Bears to get 28 points on your defense. The Chicago Bears should not be getting 28 points on your defense. That should not be happening. The Chicago Bears are
1: terrible.
3: That's all I agree. I
1: I agree it shouldn't happen, but 70 points. On Patrick Sertan and Company. It's the DC here, yeah. man. It's you had Simmons. the you had coaching. Sim- you still have Simmons. You still you have a D de- I mean this this defense, I mean it's not elite, but it shouldn't be this bad. No. And it's once again the Vance the
2: Joseph effect.
1: And all and no, uh, also Brent, Sorry, Adam, you can finish. All right. Thank you. Um, and like all, like also on offense, yes, statistically it has looked good, but if you give this the eye test, if you look at what's going on, Russell Wilson kind of disappears late in games. This, this past performance is an exception, but he's been building up some leads and losing them. Like they were Owen three going into this game and very well on their way to going Owen four. So I don't want to give I don't want to give their offense a complete pass just yet. So like like I just want to know like why like you can blame Vance Joseph for be for them being two and two, right? Or you know just you know just around five hundred, but to be one and three, for you to be this for a defensive coordinator to be the sole reason, especially when you have the personnel that you do. I mean, you have one of the best young corners in the game, and he got you got that kid lit up. I mean, I just feel like there's like there's something seriously wrong with this team that goes deeper than the personnel, and maybe even deeper than the coaching. Like, what is what the hell is going on? And you're you're about to have another top pick in this draft. They're top five right now. So, like, where where do you go from here? You're supposed to be competitive, and you're not.
2: <clears throat> I'm sorry, I thought I was muted.
0: No. And like, here's the thing too. I don't want to say it's the offense though. That's the thing. You know, Russ is still putting up the numbers. He's still, it's not like he's throwing for under 50%. He's, he's throwing for almost 70%. He almost, he threw for 75% this past week. And the offense is putting up 25 points per game for the Broncos team in general. It's, Mm -hmm. you know, you still put up 20 points to the Miami Dolphins. Put up 31 against Chicago when you probably could have put up 50. You put up 35 against the Commanders. Yeah, I don't even know what their week one was. But, you know, it's not like they're putting up – it's not like they're giving up 30, 50 points and they're only scoring 10. They're still putting up the numbers offensively, but defensively they're not holding up. Defense
1: wins championships and – Where's the defense? Week one was against Vegas.
0: Yeah, and they put up fifteen or fourteen, I think.
1: Yeah, so that's that's <laughs> another game where so they had thir- they were up ten to thirteen and even ten to sixteen at one point, and then they they didn't come through. So they had the lead until the last six minutes of the game against Jacoby Myers.
0: It's just it just amazes me how this Broncos team is in a still worse bad. spot. Worse worse spot four weeks in than they were last year. Two and two last year at this point, one and three this year.
1: Like they they like they're still bad, and they worked on the issues that, that they had issues with last year. I know. So like where is the problem? Where is like you can blame it on Vance Joseph, but I feel like a defensive coordinator isn't going to be the reason it's this bad especially when you're working with the personnel that you have. Like I'm not going Feels to like say that they're world beaters on that defense, but they're still pretty good. They should be solid. They were a good defense
0: last year.
3: They were the all defense, right. They weren't bad. The
0: defense was the reason why they were in a lot of those games last year.
1: Yeah. You you could say that. it it was a good it was a good enough defense. It's not going it to be a, the reason why they're one in 3.
0: No, it's We'll put it that way. Sure, but last year, a lot of those games, like even though like the offense wasn't doing much, a lot of those low-scoring games, the defense was still putting up their end. Now this year, it's a different story. That's just my take. But you guys got anything else to add? All right, we will move on then. When we come back, we'll have the fan box question for for this week was who is your mvp through the first four weeks we'll get to that after the break Welcome back to the Fumble Rooski podcast as Chris Kostic, CJ Medeiros, Adam Wright was with us. He just lost connection. But anyhow, anywho, we're going to move into our fan box for this week, which was who is your MVP through the first four weeks of the season? Uh, Fumble fan box. We post a question filter on our Instagram every Monday and you can respond with hot takes questions and more, and we will discuss it and give you a shout out on our podcast. We'll start out. Ian Mulhern also want to apologize if I don't pronounce any. Last I think name it's just
2: Mulhern, right? but you know, it's all good. We live and learn.
0: We live and learn. Uh, but Ian says Brock Purdy.
2: Mm, I'm not sure I agree. I mean, I'm a huge Brock Purdy fan.
0: He'll never be have been since though.
2: he came onto the scene, but I don't see him being MVP, especially not now. Yeah, it's... That's, that's just, just it
0: not That's just not a kid that's going to be MVP. Uh, Moving on, Owen Vanslack, Christian McCaffrey. This one, I could see. I, could I see like it, but C.
2: non-quarterbacks don't MVP anymore. It's literally just the most valuable quarterback now.
0: Yeah, it's it really no. is. And the last real... MVP candidate, non-quarterback-wise, that I can think of is J.J. Watt during that incredible run he went on, where he was second in MVP voting. Or uh, wasn't Aaron Donald in MVP voting recently, too?
2: Yeah, probably. I I believe so, yeah.
0: Moving on, Isaac Zonana. 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 Isaac Zonana. He says Tua is his MVP through the first four weeks.
2: He's a dolphins fan, but yeah, I can't disagree. But I just no, don't really not see against it.
0: it. I'm not against it, but I just don't see it. Um Nate Sloat. Josh Allen.
2: Uh yeah, especially with that performance against Miami, how Miami was finally put back in their place. So yeah, you know, I, I could see it.
0: Um who knows?
2: Will this finally be the year Allen gets over the hump and gets MVP?
0: Maybe. Um, I'm pulling up his stats right now. I kind of just wanted to look at his split stats ever since um, that week one loss to the Jets. So we're talking – so since week one, so he had three interceptions, 236 yards, 70% completion percentage. Since then, he has eight touchdowns, only one interception. That's the only turnover. Also add on two rushing touchdowns and throw in an extra, we'll say over 700 yards as well. And, you know, he's looking a lot better. I I love to bash him for his turnovers, but he really has done a much better job of taking care of the football these last few weeks ever since that bad Jets loss, I would say.
2: Yeah. Yeah. He's definitely bounced back and, I can definitely see why you're saying uh MVP, Nate. But I will say one thing. This year, I don't even know if there's like a clear-cut front runner.
0: No, there I mean, really usually
2: isn't. is. There usually is every other year, but this year it's uh I don't know. Something's missing.
0: Cause when you look at you look at Josh Allen's stats, I mean 74 75% completion percentage if you want to round it up. Thousand forty-eight yards, nine touchdowns, four interceptions. It's still it's still solid numbers, but you know, you also got yeah. Russell Wilson who's got the same amount of touchdown passes, few less yards, two less interceptions, and he's on a worse team. Which that true. and that's the sad thing about a lot of these cases, is that in all sports really is that you're not gonna you're not gonna be considered an MVP front runner if your team isn't uh, contending team. Uh, I saw. And Honestly,
2: that is something I do agree with, though. Uh, I won't lie.
0: Yeah, and the only other time that I can think of that a player won MVP and their team wasn't a contender, wasn't even in football. It was in basketball and it was Steve Nash back in 05. Mm-hmm. Anyways, Aaron Wise, Kirko, Kirk Cousins.
2: Uh nope. what did you uh, say? What did we literally just yeah, say? We I know. Your numbers are elite but you're not winning, you're not MVP. You, how are you the most valuable player if you can't be the catalyst as to why your team wins? I don't think that's slander. I think it's a genuine question.
0: It's crazy because I think either I think coming into this week or last week He was on pace for six thousand passing yards, and Justin Jefferson was on pace for way over two thousand receiving yards. So that could Justin Jefferson. I'm surprised he hasn't. He wasn't set at all in these fan boxes,
2: but Uh, I'm not that shocked. If I'm being honest, I mean, I'm
0: not too wide receivers never
2: win, man. They never win MVP, and more, and especially this day and age, they probably never will.
0: No. Which which is sad to see, especially considering how good of a receiver Jefferson is. But that's the thing is if you don't have a good quarterback throwing you the ball, you're not gonna put up the same stats. Mm -hmm. And Kirk Cousins, for all intents and purposes, isn't Tom Brady, but he's still a good enough quarterback to get Jefferson the ball.
2: Yeah, and there's wait, I want I think I've said this before on the podcast, but we have a lot of new listeners now. So I'm going to say it. There is only one way in my eyes that a wide receiver wins MVP. And Chris, tell me if you agree. The only way a wide receiver can win MVP is A, in the same season, they need to break the single season record for receiving yards and receiving touchdowns while doing it with multiple quarterbacks. So they can have a quarterback throwing the ball, but that quarterback would have to go down and they'd have to do it with a backup. They would need to do it with multiple quarterbacks and break both those records. If you can't check all those boxes, you don't have the snowball's chance in hell of getting MVP. And even if you do do all that, the odds are at best
0: 45-55. Yeah, and even – I would say that – I would agree with that. Another way I would probably say is if the receiver in question um, were to – get the majority of those passing touchdowns say you got a quarterback that doesn't have a high passing touchdown total in general but we'll say like 80 percent of those passing touchdowns or are to a specific guy so we'll say like we'll just throw out a hypothetical number say kirk cousins throws 29 passing touchdowns and that's a lot
2: you literally said that a lot Well, it's
0: for what the receiving record is. It's like 23. It's 23. 23. So say we have Kirk Cousins throwing 29, maybe 30 touchdown. This is hypothetical, honestly. And Justin Jefferson would have to get 23, 24 on top of the receiving yards record. And mm-hmm. we've we've also, I mean, obviously we've seen receivers get the receiving record, but they've done it with just their one quarterback. Randy Moss broke the receiving record with Tom Brady. The only problem was Tom Brady broke his own broke his own passing record. Yeah, or had his own records to break. Uh, Calvin Johnson broke it with Stafford. Uh, Cooper, but but yeah. but Shelby, he was kind of on the Lions. So exactly, exactly that too. Um, yeah. So, last one that we have here, John Warren says,
2: Jared Goff. Uh, No. No. That's all I got to say. Look, once again, I think Jared Goff's been doing well. Well, not as well as I'd hoped. He has over 1,000 yards, but we'll we'll round up, call it a 70% completion percentage, but six touchdowns and three picks, uh, I don't know. You're not yeah, really maling me there, Jared. And
0: looking at like yards per game too, we just looked at Kirk Cousins, who's averaging over 300 yards per game, and Jared Goff has 257 yards per game as well. I, I've never thought of Jared Goff as an MVP guy, more or less Kirk Cousins or uh, to uh, Brock Purdy. But I mean, hey, who knows? they could go on a friggin' tear for all I know. But, I mean, but if you look at Jared Goff compared to some of the other guys that we were just talking about, though, it's yards wise, it's basically the same as Josh Allen, Mahomes, Russell Wilson. Um, Problem is he's got almost just as many turnovers as both Mahomes, Josh Allen, and Russell Wilson with less passing touchdowns. That would probably be my main argument, but who knows? It's Jared Goff.
2: Yeah. Uh, I don't view him as an MVP personally, but that's just me.
0: Oh, well. But that being said, that pretty much wraps up everything that we got here. Uh, CJ, guy, anything else left to add?
2: It's good to be back. That's all. I had to, uh, you know, take some time off because, you know, I'm in college, you know, not like you free people, but new. Yeah, right. (laughs) And if there's any people, any Dean alumnus or Dean students listening, what's been keeping me from doing this? Uh, Capstone. If you know, you know.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't know because I'm not Dean, but
2: Uh, anyways. You know what? Maybe I'll explain (laughs) it after. Maybe.
0: (laughs) I think I actually saw it in the archives when we were first getting this this Oh, so you probably actually,
3: did. Yeah,
0: I actually did see it in the archives. But um yeah, that'll that'll do it for us here from Fumbaruski, Chris Kostic, CJ Medeiros. Uh we thank you for listening of course, Adam Wright. Obviously with us earlier, but losing his connection. Uh new episode obviously out, going to be out right now. And we'll have a new one up next Tuesday, seven thirty. Hopefully, we get some more great content. Obviously, I mean, looking at the schedule coming up, should be some pretty solid games. I would assume, you know. I hope. You got well Thursday night. You got Chicago, Washington. Great matchup. Wow. Jacksonville, Buffalo, and London. You got New York and Miami. Lovely. New England, New Orleans. Hmm. Yeah, the the good ones, though, Dallas and San Fran, Kansas City, Minnesota. So hopefully we get some good content from those games. You'd think so. Yeah, you'd think so, but it's any given Sunday.
3: This
0: is the NFL. It's the NFL. It's any given Sunday. But for that, we say so long. Have a great rest of your week. We'll see you next week.